0: Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number 20. Today's episode is very timely when a lot of us are stuck at home, which means we're not going out to eat, we're not picking up easy meals, and we are all eating at home together. So today we are looking at how to stay healthy and sane when you are cooking at home three meals a day. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter free. Hey, you want to be minimalist friends. Welcome back. I'm your host, Deanna Yates, and I am just, gosh, are you all being thrown by this coronavirus thing as much as I am? Well, it has been a little crazy. We have been home, uh, self-isolating really, since the 12th of March. And as this goes live, it is now Wednesday, April 1st. And so yeah, half a month, over half a month, and it's starting to get to us a little bit. And I know I am not alone. So I wanted to bring you some really interesting content today. It's from a really good friend of mine, a fellow blogger, and she blogs over at freshfoodbites.com. And if you guys are gluten-free or dairy-free, or you're just looking to add simple ways of adding fresh and healthy veggies into your diet. I really suggest you check out Laura over at her website. She's a registered dietitian. She fixes amazing food. Trust me, I've eaten at her house. And it's it's accessible for those of us that have not grown up cooking and in- kitchens, um, and that just want something healthy and we want to feel good about what we serve to our families. So I'm really excited about today's show. We are going to talk about how to stay sane and healthy when you're cooking every meal at home. And, you know, not only are you cooking every meal for yourself, but the majority of you listeners, um, myself included, are families. So you have yourself your significant other, or your spouse, and your children. And that is a lot to contend with on a daily basis. If you are used to going out for to eat once a week, we used to do that, get food either takeout or go out to eat once a week, and now restaurants around us are closed. Um, I'm also, you know, I want to support local business, but I'm also a little nervous about getting food out. So we have been eating every meal at home. And then also, you know, Our daughter used to go to school, so she would get lunch at school um, and breakfasts are still pretty much the same. We're trying to keep that pretty similar. So it's not like we're doing anything fancy or fixing fancy breakfasts, but it's the three of us, you know, day in, day out on top of each other. And it's a lot to have to work through. So um, I am recording this right now. In my home, again, we're all here. Normally, I record these um, and I have a little more privacy. My daughter is on a uh, Skype date with a friend from school, so hopefully this will hold out during this podcast. I apologize if it doesn't. And of course, my neighbors have decided that this is a good time to have a conversation outside in our shared driveway. So apologies for any noise that does disrupt our normal quiet uh, podcasting. Okay, so let's dive back in. Again, you can find this um, information over at Laura's website, which is freshfoodbites.com. I will also leave a a link in the show notes, so of course you'll have easy access there. But I want to dive in. She has given us six amazing tips uh, for keeping us on track and really just helping us with a good way to start thinking about just fixing meals and fixing three meals a day plus all the snacks you have to feed. I mean, gosh, we've been, uh, we're definitely going to have to go on a diet when this is all said and done because we have been eating way more food than normal. And so without further ado, let's bring you her six tips for how to stay sane and healthy when you are cooking every meal at home. Her first tip is that done is better than perfect when you're cooking every meal. And I couldn't agree more. Um, My daughter has inherited mine and my husband's perfectionist tendencies. So this is definitely a good lesson for us. Um, Honestly, I have... Really grown into that saying that done is better than perfect um, because it really is. 90% is way better getting it on the table in a timely manner when everybody's still happy than 100% when people are cranky and grouchy because it took you an extra 30 minutes to get food on the table. I mean, that witching hour for dinner is definitely intense. So, you know, she really suggests that we make things simple. So she tries to keep one thing easy if possible. And one of her tricks is to cut up fresh produce um, for our veggie rather than doing something more involved like roasting or steaming them. So you can serve raw carrots Cut up on the side for your meal. And kids generally love raw carrots, so why are you making it difficult and trying to make them all fancy when they would just prefer to have them cut up on the side anyway? Easy peasy, and that's a good one. She also suggests that if you're doing kind of a basic meat, starch, and veggie type of meal, that to keep one part of that really simple... So again, with those veggies, you can just serve them raw or you could do a quick, um, you know, I really like to do sheet pan meals. Those are very simple. So you'll just cut up your meat, cut up your veggies and you pop them in the oven. And while they're cooking, roasting, you can make up your uh, starch or your um, side, you know, so either mashed potatoes or a quinoa couscous, rice. That's usually what we do in our home. Again, if you are gluten and dairy free, I highly recommend you look over at Laura's blog. She's got stuff for you. We do not have to eat that way in our family. So I'm not going to give you that right advice. So Make sure you check out what the registered dietitian has to say about it. So, that's step number one, or tip number one is just done is better than perfect. So, think about meals that are easy to prepare, that, um, you know, and just give yourself some grace during this time. You know, if you're cooking three meals a day, that's a lot. So, just pick something that's a little easier and get it done. It doesn't have to be perfect, it does not have to be professionally plated. And honestly, my daughter prefers when everything is separate anyway. So we just try to keep it real simple. Her second tip, which I love, is to chop your veggies in batches. And she gives some really cool tips about how to store your cut up veggies. I mean, honestly, guys, some of these I didn't even know. And I can't wait to try them out because I definitely have some produce that I need to cut up and to preserve because I am not going to the grocery store very often right now. So she recommends that when you get home from the grocery store, when you're cooking, or cutting up your veggies for the first time, cut them all up at once. Cut as many as you can at one time, and it saves you cleaning up your cutting board, your knife, getting everything out, making a mess all over your counter, getting out your, um, you know, your containers to hold all of your veggies and it makes them, it preserves them longer too. So some of her really cool tips, I mean, onion, I kind of knew, but she recommends wrapping it tightly in plastic wrap and then storing it in an airtight container. Um, It helps keep that onion smell contained and not in your fridge. And we have problems with crying with onions. I'm sure a lot of people do, but it really seems to bother my daughter. So that is a good tip for us. Other things she suggests, storing your cut up veggies in an airtight container and then covered in water. And so that will keep them crisper and fresher longer. So she suggests this with carrots, celery, cauliflower, broccoli, cucumber, radishes, um, snap and snow peas. um, And yeah, I just thought that was amazing. Cabbage, lettuce, it's really cool you guys. I never thought about storing it in water. So awesome tip number two store it in water. Now with your sweet and your bell pepper, she said you don't have to add those to water to stay fresh. You just have to cut them up and put them in an airtight container. But for those others, store them in water. All right. Tip number three is batch cooking. So batch cooking equals less cooking as she says. And so, you know, even if you're not a fan of leftovers, you don't have to. Now we do a lot of Cooking a big meal at dinner and then having that for leftovers for lunch. It's a big time saver. Our breakfasts are really simple. Um, Generally, cereal, um, a frozen waffle, that's usually on the weekends. Uh, Eggs are on the weekends, but in the morning, it's usually a roll up, which is like a peanut butter and banana on tortilla or um, cereal for my daughter. And then Who knows what I do? My husband normally does granola, cereal, something like that, and then eggs on the weekend. But our lunch meal is usually leftovers from the night before. It does make it so much easier not having to cook another thing. And it's been really helpful during this time. It gives us an easy way if we have time to sit down at lunch together to do that. Um, But if we're wrapped up in projects, it's an easy way to heat it and take it back to our desks. But she also suggests that you, in tip number four, fill your freezer. And this is great. And I think three and four go together um, because you can also cook a double batch. So if you don't like leftovers... Then you could split a normal dinner in half, and you could freeze half of it, or you could double batch it. Now I did this when we went uh, skiing with my family about a month ago, and it um, it was fantastic because I just made a double batch for a big family. But it would be great to do it and and save half of it. So you. Cook up one like normal and then the other one you put in the freezer. Now, sometimes you'll want to cook those things first before you freeze them. Other times you'll just pop it in in the freezer um, raw and then you can put it in the oven to cook when it's done. Um, These are things like she recommends um, meatballs, meatloaf and even taco meat that you fully cook those and then you drain off the fat, you cool the meat and you store it in an airtight container in in your freezer and it'll last for up to three months. She said "Cook soups and stews work really well this way um, too. And then she also said that if she's cooking chicken thighs or shredded beef in the slow cooker or instant pot, if you guys like those, we don't have one of those, but we do have a slow cooker, um, that she'll cook extra and she'll store that in the freezer for another time as well. And I can imagine that that would come in really handy right now, especially when we are bulk buying if possible so that we don't have to go to the grocery store as often and you know, we don't want to have to go to the grocery stores often. So you cook that extra meat and you put it in the freezer and it lasts longer and you can get a little more creative with it the next time you're using it. So you could turn that shredded uh, chicken into a barbecue chicken sandwich next time, or you can put it in like a burrito bowl. Um, You can have it for tacos one night and then burrito bowl later on. So there's lots of ways you can get really creative with those um, foods that you've put in the freezer. We will be right back. And now back to the show. Okay, now Laura's fifth tip for staying sane and healthy when we're cooking three meals a day is to put breakfast and lunch on autopilot. Now, she has a story about how, you know, breakfast was pretty similar because, again, most of us are used to getting ready to go out to work or out to school. So we're used to being on a schedule in the morning with breakfast and our kids are used to that as well. Now, lunch, on the other hand, for her and honestly, it held true for us too, was different because this was the meal that we were not used to eating together. You know, we were used to doing our own things. We were used to breakfast. We were used to having a dinner at the table. Not always a dinner that I made, but dinner together. And lunch was the one that was tricky at first. Now, thankfully we had some lunchables that first week. Laura has a little bit of a story about how her first week was the tough one. The second week for us was the tough one. We had some lunchables our daughter was able to finish off. Now, I know they're terrible for you, but sometimes you just got to do things because the other kids at school are doing things. So, she gets lunchables like a couple times a week. It it works out well. Um, I put lots of veggies in there to go with it. <laughs> um, but She was saying, you know, she put them on autopilot. So what she does is she batch cooks uh, at the beginning of the week and puts their lunches in individual containers so they're easy to grab and go. Kind of like the Lunchable concept, but much healthier because it is made by, well, Laura for sure, but the rest of us as well. It's homemade, so it's going to be a little bit healthier than that processed food that is in a regular Lunchable. But again, it's that same concept of just that grab and go. So... Really good tip number five. And then lastly, she finishes off with meal planning for tip number six, but she also recommends that you keep it simple. Now, I love meal planning. I think it's a huge time saver and it not only saves you time, but it saves you money and it saves you mental decisions that you have to make because that decision of what is for dinner every night gets really taxing. I don't know if it's the same in your home, but in our home, the decision for what to eat for dinner generally falls on my shoulders. I definitely know what my family likes and doesn't like, and I generally try to throw in a new meal every now and then just to keep it interesting. But for the most part, we eat a lot of the same things or variations of the same things, and I decide what we're going to eat. So, She gives you permission to keep your meals simple, especially during a time like this where we're dealing with a global pandemic and we just want something comforting. Now, we have fixed a lot of chilies, a lot of chicken casseroles, um, turkey burgers, things that are comfort foods um, because that's what you want. You want something that you're familiar with with that you know you love and that isn't too out of the box. Um, And she does say, you know, variety is the spice of life. And of course, if you can throw in a new thing here or there, or maybe a special meal that everybody loves, but you don't cook it a lot because it does take a lot of time, you know, take this time on Sunday and do it together. You don't have anywhere to go. And now would be a really good time to connect with your family in the kitchen. But the meal planning part, you know, she says, don't feel bad if you're making the same five to seven meals for dinner for the next few weeks. Um, You know, same goes with breakfast and lunch. I think um, for me, that would get a little monotonous just because every day is starting to feel the same. But we eat you know, variations of things. So we'll do like chicken enchilada casserole. We'll do a lot of tacos and the tacos I can switch up to be an Asian flair taco or a Mexican taco or, um, gosh, we've even done spaghetti tacos when we get real desperate. You can try those. Um, it's exactly like it sounds. You have a hard shell taco and you put spaghetti in it. It's kind of fun. Kids really like it. So if you guys need a goofy meal, highly recommend that one. It's pretty fun, but These are the kinds of things that you need to be able to cook with. So again, those three basics that she talked about before, a meat, a starch, and a veggie and if you can just really group your meals around those it does make meal planning much easier so look through your pantry look through your fridge look through your freezer and see what are the meats that you have what are the starches that you have what are the veggies that you have and piece those things together and create a plan at the beginning of the week it makes it much easier for you to not have to make that decision after a long day when we are um Let's just say our patience has been used up, our cups are a little empty, and we're a little touchier than normal. So that is tip number six, which is meal planning, and I just really was excited to run across this today. I think it's going to be very helpful for a lot of you. Um, I know that I really enjoyed reading it, and um, so I'm just really excited to bring this to you today. And as I wrap this up, I realized that I also have a capsule um, meal plan, which I think would be really helpful for this kind of a scenario as well. It's um, about being creative for using 20 ingredients to make seven different dinners. And so I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. But... Honestly, guys, check out Laura's blog. It's freshfoodbites.com and she is a registered dietitian. So she helps people with, um, that are suffering from either food allergies or digestive issues and not knowing why they're having problems, um, discover what foods are causing those issues and, um you know, it's just really great. She focuses on gluten-free and dairy-free because that's what worked for her and her family. She makes it easy, accessible, inexpensive, and food that your whole family will love, even if only one or two of you need to eat gluten-dairy-free. All right, so check that out. And before we wrap up, I just want to point out a couple things. One, if you are home and wanting to declutter your home during this time, you're spending a lot more time at home, you're realizing you've got a lot of stuff that you don't really need, Um, we did just reboot the 21 Day Decluttering Challenge over on my private Facebook group that is the wannabe minimalist group over there so go come on over and join us i would love to help you um emerge from this self-isolation cocoon with a home that you feel proud of that you feel peaceful in and really reflects you and your family and the lessons that we're learning when we're spending more time together um And I just want to help you do that. So please come on over to the group and let me know how I can do that if it's not just through that decluttering challenge. And the last thing I want to leave you with, other than if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do and leave me a comment. It really does make my day. And um, in this time when we feel so isolated and so alone, um, knowing that there are people out there that I'm helping really does um, just make the day so much better. But the last thing is my new course that's coming up. It's called Automate Your Home, Put Your Routines on Autopilot. And I am so excited about it, you guys. Um, Before we started using routines, one, I used to completely rebel against routines I thought routines were stifling I thought that they would just crush all my all of my creativity and I thought that my family would never stick to one but boy oh boy was I wrong um Routines and automations have become like a superpower for our family. Honestly, it really is a game changer. And you will be able to get to the end of your day and still have energy. You'll actually want to play with your kids. I know right now we've got a lot of rambunctiousness in our homes. And so being able to take off anything off your plate anything, the little things, the minute details that drive you crazy every day, I want to help you get rid of those. And this is one way that I can help you do that. And I know it works because it worked for me. You'll finally stop feeling overwhelmed and embarrassed by your home. Again, you're not inviting anybody over, but you might be video chatting with them and you know, they still get a sneak peek in your home. So that that's it for today. I can't wait to see you again next week. Sorry for the delay. Hopefully you didn't hear too much jumping from my daughter upstairs. Uh, she can kind of shake the walls a little bit sometimes. But uh, this has been great. And uh, stay safe and healthy, my friends, this week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. All right. Cheers.